me just say thank you Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now as we move on to the service, I said the word of God. If you'd open up your Bibles to Exodus chapter 19 verse 1 through 6, we'll begin with that. And the the Bible, the word of God says, in the third month, oh forgive me, one second. Let's give thanks for the word. Heavenly Father, I thank you Lord today, Lord, as you move with us, oh God, today. Lord, we know that in our weakness, Lord, you are great and you are strong, mighty God. Lord, we pray that you would bless this word that's going to come forth. Your word, mighty God, ignites our hearts, Lord, and it causes us to strive forward and, and just set our eyes upon you, Lord Jesus. We just want to thank you here today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. I'm sorry. Going on to the word. In the third month, when the children of Israel were gone forth out of the land of Egypt, the same day came they into the wilderness of Sinai, for they were departed from Rephidim and were come to the desert of Sinai and had pitched in the wilderness. And there Israel camped before the mount. And Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, Ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bear you on eagles' wings, and brought you unto myself now therefore if ye will obey my voice indeed and keep my commandment then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people for all the earth is mine and ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and unholy nation these are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel praise the Lord you may be seated thank you so much Thank you, team. Praise God. Praise the Lord. So today I'm going to try to make this as clear as possible. It's a little broken, but uh, I know God can mend things much faster than I can. So God is good. God desires a close relationship with people of faith. And not just any faith. That, uh, but it's a faith that is developed over beliefs and actions of a believer of God's word by his spirit. I believe we all know what a relationship is. It's, it's something that kind of takes, takes heart, takes, it takes form in some form or some fashion. Uh, for us, it's we're human, so we tend to build relationships with one another, whether it be husband and wife, friendships, knitting clubs cars, for whatever reason, we come together for things that make us and connect us somehow, and those relationships somehow, you know, you continue to develop over time. Some become stronger, some become not so strong, and some actually kind of, kind of tend to die out. So again, as, as children of God, we, we build relationships with one another. At least we should. You know, the reason being, we have likeness and beliefs. As I mentioned earlier, cars is a, is a likeness in, in tinkering with things, making them uh, perhaps either go faster or make them look a little bit nicer. But both are okay as long as we don't cross boundaries, you know, of, of such forth. And I'm, and I'm speaking at times we can still, uh, you know, we can go out and be in the secular world, but we need to be very careful on how we step into things and how we see things because we can, I can join a club of some sort and still not everybody thinks as I do or lives as I do. So I must be careful on how far I go into this relationship at times. 
So I read, I said earlier, God desires a relationship with people. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And this scripture, I, I, you know, I took hold of it because it says to take hold of the profession of our faith. And, you know, the word profession means something that we are about. Someone who studies something becomes a profession, becomes his profession. He, if he is a mechanic, he becomes, a, his profession is mechanics. He'll fix cars. If he's a doctor, he'll go into surgeries and do some forms of uh, whatever it may be. Maybe give shots. Hebrews, and then I'm going to move you guys into Hebrews 11, verse 6 through 11. I'm sorry, yeah, chapter 6. Chapter 11, verse 6 through 11, and then I'm going to 13. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. What does faith sound like? And I'm not implying that it, it makes noise, but I'm referring to the characteristic of it. And just looking back at these two scriptures, I'm looking, it is impossible to please God. And, and, it, and, I, and it, these two scriptures kind of, they, they collide together because if we cannot hold to the profession of our faith or the faith, then we cannot please God. And then it says, without wavering. So if I waver, then I am not holding to my profession, and therefore I am not pleasing the God Almighty. The importance of holding on to it. Moving on to Hebrews 11, a characteristic of what faith would be seen as and again, because faith is, is important to us because it's what helps us build a relationship with God. If we don't have faith, then there is no relationship. We're not looking forward to that. It says, by Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. And again, just looking at the scripture, you know, he moved with fear. He was, he prepared the ark. And then it said, and, and, and it kind of caught me off guard where it says, and he condemned the world. Now, I know he didn't condemn the world because he could not judge. But God used him in comparison to what the others were doing. And that's how he condemned the world. The Bible says he, that he found grace in the eyes of God. And then moving on to verse number 8, by faith Abraham when he was called to go out into a place where he should, after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whether he went. I wonder, start, I start to wonder and think, how, how many places would we go to if somebody said, uh, you know, there's something out there for you. You just got to go out there and find it. As a matter of fact, it's on 8th Street. And how many would actually go out there and say, okay, it's right here. Not many people say that, but if we hear the voice of God and God speaks to us, there's something that happens to us that makes us, that convinces that God is wanting to take us somewhere. Uh, and it's, I don't want to say it's a better place, but sometimes it is for a struggle, but for a reason. And I'll share something in just a little bit. Verse number 11, through faith, also Sarah received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age. And then in verse 13, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims of the earth. 
Praise the Lord. Paul constantly brings to light to the churches that have been established what to do to maintain our relationship with God. Take note that all these people that Paul talks about, they've all are converts, baptized in Jesus' name, meaning they've all have somehow had at one point in their lives had a relationship with God, and he is talking to them because they have fallen away. We read that the things have begun to fall away, and it's shortly after, not, and, I say, and when I say shortly after, I don't mean two, three days. I'm, I mean, we're talking about years. And I wonder, time, I wonder at times, why so soon? Why so soon? Uh, could, could some of those have been addressed possibly? You know, did they see, did they perhaps wander off after even seeing the miracles of Jesus? After seeing the miracles of Paul? Was it during those times? I mean, Jesus Iscariot was walking with Jesus, and we know very well that he went in the wrong direction. Miracles done by the Lord. The Lord Christ did profess this would happen, so we shouldn't be surprised even if it happens in times of today. But we as a church, we prepare and we hold steadfast. Jesus spoke of the sower. The seed that fell on good soil would sprout up. The one that fell on stony ground would be scorched by the sun. And the one that fell on thorns and thistles would be choked. For some, it is a loss of interest. I, I'm, I'm going to have to go in. You know, in reference to that, very much like the seed that fell on stony ground. Why? Because Jesus was not present, perhaps, probably for those who need to see and to believe. But we, as believers of Christ, don't need that. We have something that's greater. God gave us examples, and he gave us something to focus on. And let us be encouraged by what John 20, 29 says. Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen, thou hast believed. Thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. That's how I want to believe. Don't get me wrong. I want to see the miracles and the wonders. I'm excited for those things. They still happen. There's no delay in them. They, they still happen. But I don't want to live off of that. I want to live off what God says for me to live off of. There has to be a faith within us that, that drives us and compels us and continues to go forth. And not to shut the lights down, but to, uh, to set our hearts on fire and continue to move forward. As I said earlier, without faith it's impossible to please God. We must have faith. Our faith is a reflection of our walk. Our walk is a reflection of our relationship for God. So how do we keep our relationship with God? We connect to the source, the prayer. We know this. We don't skip out on that. He loves to hear our thoughts. He's our Father. Sacrificing that short period of time that we give unto God, we give it to Him. And He, and he listens. We read the Word and make it part of our language. Thus says the Lord. Greater is He who's in me than He who's of the world. Let it be part of me. Make God's word your go-to letter of counsel. And the Bible does say to, to heed to a multitude of, you know, many counselors is a, is a good thing. But never heed away from the word of God. And, and God can always speak to us and, and open our understanding. And, and there are times that we, we don't understand why we're going through what we're going through. Is, and I'll give, give you a good example. This morning, I went to, I, I went to pick up bread. <laughs> And my and I had a bit of a situation. My vehicle overheated, and so I'm. But it's I'm okay. I'm here. Praise God. 
I survived it. And, and I think this is what, you know, this, this is what happens to us. We, we struggle through things, but we push through. We don't let them drag us down. These are just situations. As pastor said, let not our worries be lifted up more than what we're going to see at the end of our lives, eternity. Praise the Lord. Learn from what you're reading God's word. Live with what you have learned and speak as an ambassador because you have been given a privilege to walk in his righteousness. Make a list if you have to and follow it till it becomes your life. The prophet Daniel prayed three times a day. He was getting God's attention. It was not routine. It was a lifestyle. His relationship with God gave him the certain rights due to his submission to God. In the book of Ephesians, Paul mentions how to strengthen our relationship with God through self-encouragement and motivation. And here's how you do it. Wherefore, be ye not, un not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine, where it, wherein is excess, be filled with the Spirit. In other words, be filled with the Spirit and the world out, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. How many of us have done that before? You know, it, and, and, and it has to happen pretty often because if it doesn't happen as often as we would want it to, it should. Then, you know, play something before you go to sleep. Let your heart be filled with something that blesses you know, your, your mind and your soul, and it, let it be something that gives God praise. There's a song that's written by Paul Wilbur. Uh, some of you might have heard it. And at the beginning of that song, the song reminds me on how, why we are able to enter into the presence of God, and it makes you aware that it is nothing that you did. We should all have a song in our heart that makes us draw closer to the Lord Jesus Christ and away from the world. And as the song begins, I imagine myself in such a, such a place that only God can grant us such a place of, of entering in our minds as, as to be captivated by his presence. And as I, do, I close my eyes and I begin to listen, waiting to the, hear, hear the word that will lead me to where I need to go, I wait for the first word. I enter into the holy of holies. I enter through the blood of the lamb. I enter to worship you only. I enter to honor I am. It is only through the blood of Jesus that we can get into that place. And when you focus in that blood that was applied at the cross because it was a sin that we carried with us and God was going to, absorb, he was going to do away with all that, you're able to step into a place where God can bless you. At times he breaks you and that's not a bad thing. Breaking is not a bad thing. I imagine the thought of entering to that holy place where God has found and he makes it, you know, he's found it and he makes it personal. It's just me and Jesus. There we pour out ourselves and we, he begins to pour into us. And when, when all is said and done and we walk out of that place, even though it doesn't really, it's not physical, but it, I, I want it, it's, it's spiritual. You at times want nothing to do with the world, at least for a moment. At least for a moment. Spending time with God allows a believer to benefit from other life-related circumstances. And in times of trouble, we can look to Exodus chapter 15, where Moses praised God for 20, through 20, 20 verses, starting with the first verse, where God destroyed the Egyptian army that was after the children of Israel, then sang Moses and the, and, 
the children of Israel, and I'm going to begin with a little bit further down. I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him a habitation. My Father's God, I will exalt him. From the very beginning, Moses is already talking about preparing a habitation for the Lord. To build a relationship. And the Bible says that he has, that we are the temple of the living God. Our relationship with God allows him to dwell with us, within. We prepare this habitation to be closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. No relationship means no indwelling. In Exodus chapter 19, verse 1 to 3, we find that God is speaking to Moses and has led the people out of captivity and into the wilderness. I've said this before, the wilderness is not such a bad place. God is trying to separate the world from and, and bring it, the wilderness is kind of something that God has God has made it so anything that is natural is of Him. God wants to bring you out of that the world and into the natural state of what He He has created and He has done. As they're in the, they're in the desert, Israel camps before the mount. Moses goes up and he he starts to talk to God, and because he's got to come back and speak to the people. Verse seven through eight. The Bible says that Moses called the elders of the people and, and laid before their faces all these words where the Lord commanded him. The elders. Well, what comes after? But in Exodus chapter 19, verse 4 through 6, Moses is repeating the words of the Lord, bringing awareness to the people, how he delivered them out of the Egyptians. And he says, and how I bury you on the eagle's wings and brought you out to myself. And God then still gives them the option, even after he delivers them, God wants an authentic relationship and not one by force. Verse 5, Moses tells the people, and if they obey God's voice and keep, my, keep his commandments, then they will be a peculiar treasure unto God above all people. Ye shall be, and I'm just going to go through, ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9 talks about, be ye holy for I am holy. I'm sorry. No, it does not say that. It's, 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 you, we all are peculiar people, a royal priesthood. I apologize for that. Exodus chapter 19, 8, after the elders heard the spoken word of God from Moses, we know that the people were also there listening because in verse 8 says that all the people answered together and said, all that the Lord had spoken, we will do. So the elders were there, but so were the people, which means that they had the very same exact word that the elders had. Accountability was applied to them at that moment in time, even though they probably didn't realize it, but it still did. And they responded to it. Verse 9 expl explains that God says to Moses, remove any doubt. Oh, I'm sorry. God actually steps in and he does an action. And he says in verse 9, so that the people, you know, that we have spoken, I'm going to appear in a thick cloud and speak to you that they will believe everything that you say forever. Because at times you know how things are, well, I don't believe what you said. But in this case, God was present and he manifested. And it says, I, I, it's almost as if God is telling Moses, I want them to know I am talking to you. A relationship. You see, you see that guy right there? That's who I'm talking to. That's who you have to listen to. Pastor. Bishop. Leaders. We're under them. They lead us. 
Praise the Lord. After that, the settled God tells Moses to prepare the people, to sanctify them. They're to wash on that day, on the next day, for the third day, which comes after the second day, as we know. Boundaries are set at the mountain. In Exodus 19, 12, we go out, out to the mount to touch the border. You know, it's, he's talking about there's borders that have been set. Don't touch the borders. Whosoever touches the mount shall be surely put to death. And we know that they're stoned to death. And, of course, they're, I believe they're arrows, but I'm, it's, it's hard to say. So these things God wants the people to do. Verse 15, God commands the men not to come near their wives. Again, a type of don't do anything. I want your undivided attention when I come to you. The people have followed all that is asked in preparation. And in verse 16, we find that God shows up in the morning and the people are trembling. The mount had smoke. It was, and I can only imagine, it looks like a furnace is what it says. And, I, and I've seen the documentaries where the top of the mountain is black. Everything is in order. And Moses gets, to the, goes, gets the people out of the camp and takes them to the lowest part of the mountain. Because remember, there's boundaries set at the bottom of the mountain. And they can't cross over. Otherwise, they have to be stoned to death. The mountain has smoke in the first. It was quaking. Verse 20, God then calls Moses to come up out of the mount. And all the people remain at the bottom. They can't come up. Not allowed. And then in verse 21, God sends Moses back because the people may cross out of curiosity to see him and they may die. Moses then tells the Lord, they can't come up anyway because you have sanctified the mount and set boundaries. So Moses is kind of repeating back to the Lord what he already knows. And, and it's obvious that Moses was listening to God. Otherwise saying, you know, coming across the boundaries is set. God knew that the people would cross them. God needed someone to lead the people who, who, could, who he could trust someone to lead them. In this case, it would have been it was Moses. Moses' relationship with God allowed him to move about and to and from places of the world, from places from the world, and, and into that holy place where God dwelt without the penalty of death in the process. We can do the same when we get into prayer with God. We have the Holy Ghost. That's how we move. And then we come back to this world, and I say this world because this is the physical world. But when we go into prayer, we go into the spiritual world. Moses was allowed into places, and others were not. Uh, we used to show people the path. You know, the, it, it was he was used to show the, the the people the path, the way to God, a, a way to connect and relate. They needed to be led by someone. They needed a type of mentor to show them. Captivity. Captivity had done something to their way of thinking, I suppose. Otherwise, they, God could have delivered them and said, you don't need anybody. But there was something that happened. They needed 400 years is a long time. Beaten as a slave and some were born and even died there. No hope of ever to leave then all of a sudden freedom. Imagine that, 400 years. I don't know how long I'm going to make it. It may only be 70 but I'll take 50. Praise the Lord. <laughs> the Bible reads in Luke 18, 8. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? That's, that scripture always comes to be. People come, you know, uh, people become captive to their own desires who will not or desire no change. Very much like a seared mind and who, who no longer fears God. Because the, the way of thinking has become adopted in their own way of understanding no longer the understanding of God, but their own 
their own thoughts and their own ways. The laws of morality are a little of least. They don't count anymore. The, the mindset of the individual whose mind is seared cannot and will not change because their pride will not allow it. Praise the Lord. We have the unique privilege in the new covenant to live a life of faith by walking in the spirit. We have many examples of people living lives of faith without the spiritual living inside of them. I'm sorry, without the spirit living inside of them under the old covenant. And we know that they're referring to Abraham. They're referring to uh, also uh, Noah. They're referring to, you know, many others. Let's go there. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 11 cites uh, extensive examples. These were extraordinary people who obediently followed God. God's call without the benefit of God's revelation in Christ, nor the indwelling of the Holy Ghost. I have said this before that, and I have uh, I attended uh, Bible college in Cooper City, and one of the things that stuck with me was that we, as children of God, are held at a higher accountability because we have the Holy Ghost. We have the Holy Ghost. We have we God doesn't come down. God is in us. It should shake us sometimes. It should. These heroes live their lives in obedient faith. How much more blessed are we on this side of Calvary and Pentecost? We understand from those who uh, who had personal contact with Jesus the character and attributes of God in a more comprehensive manner. Jesus was the image of the invisible God, the fullness of God manifested. Itself in him, the tabernacle of the temple guided humanity to God. If we know the if we ever study the tabernacle, you you you, you can see the breakdown of the, the process and the steps, and we, we follow that today. And we talk about God and the type, it's it's a shadow that brings humanity to the fullness of the relationship with Christ through the tabernacle. Today's technology offers us the opportunity to engage loved ones with emails and texts. Telephone contact, even audiovisual apps when se separated by distance, we can see loved ones communicate and communicate with them and experience them to a certain depth, but not a human touch depth. That's very important. How there is, however, no replacement for being with you know distance, uh, being apart. There's just no substitute for being with family together at at home, sweet home. There is no substitute for actually engaging. The Spirit of God, as He dwells inside of us, as a New Testament, as a New Testament Christian, we need that Spirit. The Old Covenant can indicate point two and shows examples of New Covenant relationships with God, but it cannot impart the indwelling Spirit of God into the human heart. Thankfully, God is rich in mercy, and He gave us direct access to Him through this New Covenant. We are his priests, enjoying the washing of the water of the word through the word, raising praises of sweet incense to heaven, enjoying the bread of life, and entering into the Holy of Holies through the power of the Holy Ghost. Pastor and Bishop had recently mentioned uh, some interesting and truthful cases that, that should make us think about what it is uh, we should be doing next to at least, or at least we should concern ourselves with the ifs sort of speak in our lives to make it you know, to make it to heaven. If we believe, we'll make it to heaven. If we endure to, 
to the end, we'll make it to heaven. If we obey the word of God, we'll make it to heaven. If we say in our hearts, God is my fortress, we'll make it to heaven. If we put to death the fleshly desires, we'll make it to heaven. If we speak godly things and speak no perverseness, we'll make it to heaven. If we connect with the Lord Jesus on a daily basis, we'll make it to heaven. If we declare in our surroundings in the name of Jesus, let there a song be in my heart, giving praise to God, we'll make it to heaven. Because we saturate ourselves with what is of God. You know, the praise for God begins to soften the walls of the heart. And it starts to tear down the things of the world and exposes the beauty of God's creation. Allowing for renewing and restoring of our hearts back into relationship with God. That's what praise does. It brings humility in and it tears down the walls of the world. When we go out into the world, we're covered by it. We're covered by it. Until we bring Jesus into our lives, then God rips that all away. But we have to leave it down and not let it come up. The honorable path is knowing who God is. And that was the title of this message. I don't know if I mentioned it. First Timothy 3.16. God was manifested in the flesh and who, he, and who we know is Jesus Christ. John 14 says, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And we know that Jesus is the Father. And as, he, as we transitioned, oh, I'm sorry, praise the Lord. You guys come up. <laughs> I'm sorry. And as we transition, and I'm just going to talk a little bit more here. In closing, our relationship with God should be something of an impactful moment as we we step in and we desire to do the things of God and we've set our focus more into what God wants us to do. I was going <laughs> to, I, I mentioned earlier what happened to me today, but what I didn't mention was that God was teaching me something. Sometimes we, we step into, into places and situations and, or we ask for things and we don't realize, we don't realize how, how God is going to test us at that moment. And we learn that we need to work sometimes a little bit more on our relationship with God. And I need more of Jesus in me because when the world comes tumbling down on me and I start to crumble, I should start thinking, what if I crumbled at this moment and God came back? What if I decided to do something that was ungodly and God came back? Not that I want to do it, but I was crumbling. And I started to wonder, why, Pastor, why is this happening to me? Why? Because we're being tested. Because God is, says, you're a peculiar people, a holy and we, are to, and we are to bring forth the praises of him. And those praises are, you know what? Something's happening to me and I don't know what's going on. But I know that God's in charge. And if God's in charge, I'm not going to worry. If God is for me, then who can be against me? I'm going to lift my hands up and exalt the Lord. My car may be overheating. It may be broke down. But you know what? I still have Jesus. God has not let go of me. He has not let go of you. He's still here. He's not, you know, when, when he comes back, he's going to say, hey, you guys, you guys endure to the end. And I'm going, and I'm, I'm taking you with me. I'll tell you what, if you would stand to your feet right now and just say, God, I thank you. 
I thank you right now, Lord. I woke up this morning, I have breath in my lungs. Lord, there's life, there's more life out there, Lord God, for me. I know that you have a purpose for me. You have something for me. I don't, I don't, I can't see it, Lord, like Noah did. I couldn't see it. But Lord, you knew better, Lord. And I'm gonna hold on to that. I'm gonna hold on to my faith. And I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna struggle anymore. I'm gonna hold on to the, to, I'm gonna reach for his hand and I'm gonna hold on to it by faith. And you know what happens when you hold on to his faith? His faith? When you reach for that hymn, it transfers to you. Bring yourself into a place where God is going to meet you. You know where that place is. It might be your prayer room, it might be your car, I don't know. But when you get there, Jesus, I know that you're here. I just wanna praise you right now. I wanna thank you, Lord, for coming here right now, Lord God, and meeting me at my most weakest and my most broken position. Lord, I don't know how I could have done it if I didn't have you. It is by your spirit, Lord God. By his stripes, we are healed. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We worship.